Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. At least for this one, no problem as the Philadelphia 76ers take down the Orlando Magic in game number two of this four-game road trip. Welcome to the PHLY Sixers post-game show here live on this Tuesday. What is this, Wednesday? It's Wednesday. Wednesday. Is it Wednesday? I was about to say, Devon's hogging the camera. He's doing a solo show on a Wednesday night. On this Wednesday night. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back. You got the Dream Team back here with you. Derek Botner, Kyle Newbeck. I'm Devon Givens. Bree here, as always, producing. And we have you with us as we break down the Sixers. Nice win. Solid win over the Orlando Magic again, once again, on this one. 112-92. Not as lopsided, Kyle, as you said. Not as lopsided as the score will indicate but a solid win for this basketball team coming off of a Christmas Day loss to the Miami Heat where they were in it in the second half, fighting back after being down, taking the lead, jumping back into this one. No Joel Embiid, no Nick Batum. Everyone else able to go. But, Kyle, they do pick up the win in this uh this against a very good Orlando Magic team that's been pretty good through the first 30-plus games. Yeah, you and I talked on Monday Devon as everyone else was getting their sleep after a long Christmas day. Derek? That well, definitely Derek getting some sleep after a long Christmas day. Yeah, that I was interested to see how does Tyrese Maxey specifically respond because not only did he have a bad game Monday, this is an Orlando team that has a lot of guys that can make his life difficult, right? You have Jalen Suggs guard him at the point of attack, he's coming into his own this season as a two way player, but also you just have layers of length behind him a lot of big athletic dudes who can crowd the paint force you to kick it out frankly they they also force it out of his hands quite a bit in this game and I thought you know we talked a lot Devon about Tyrese can't let other teams control how physical he can be can't let physical play take him out of his game and I thought he took it to Orlando for a lot of this game, certainly in the second quarter, but in other stretches of this game where had a lot of M1 baskets at the rim where he's taking it out of guy's chest. He's forcing somebody to reach on him, slap down, and, and take the foul on him as he's going to the basket. That's the Tyrese Maxey we've come to know. It's a great bounce back. It's, you know, 
to me, that's a sign of a ascending player, potential all-star player. You have one bad game, you throw it out, you come back, you have a really solid outing the next time out. Yeah, I mean, that's something we've talked about a lot in the past is that even when Maxi is struggling, maybe in the first half, maybe in the first three quarters, he finds a way to leave an imprint on the game down the stretch. Um, he's adapted on the fly. Well, the other night here, Monday night, he didn't really find a way to leave an imprint scoring-wise, but it was only a one-game slump. He came out and against another tough opponent, and an opponent who could, like you said, really gear up to try to stop him. He had a really, really good night, and it could have been an even bigger night. He had one three called off um, on a questionable call. But I thought it was... A bunch of questionable calls in that game. That was way. fun sure, to watch sure. that with you guys talking about the <laughs> officials. <laughs> um and, and one foul should have been a four-point play. It doesn't yep. matter. Yeah, they yeah. ended up winning comfortably. Good point. But yeah, it's just his ability to learn on the fly. Like we've mentioned so many times, it's going to be so crucially important in the playoffs, especially since it's the first time of, of him going through it as a, a lead guard, a lead initiator, a, one of your two main options. He's shown time and time again that he has enough in his bag, that he has a mindset that he's able to learn and, and adapt and adjust on the fly. It is a... Very good sign to see. And look, it is still only a regular season game in December, late December now. We're starting to get a little closer. Um, but he's shown you everything you'd hope for. And there was so much. I'm sort of glad that I wasn't here on the show, and I'm sort of glad that I wasn't too tuned in on Twitter on Monday night because it seemed like it was a great <laughs> night for overreactions. You don't need to overreact every time he struggles in a game without Joel Embiid, which now really probably his two biggest games struggling have been without Joel Embiid. I don't think that's necessarily a coincidence. I guess we can kind of have that kind of conversation. But to see him succeed against a team that was, what are they? I think maybe the third-ranked defense in the league coming into the game, a team that has a lot of size and physicality at the rim. And they've and earned I, that, by the way. I mean, yeah. we've watched them play games against you know Boston, where they've shot Boston down. Yep. And that's a team with all kinds of offensive options to throw at you. And a real good point of attack to Vendor and Suggs. It was a real impressive performance. Tyrese Maxey picked up the second foul in the first quarter at the 7.55 mark. So only four minutes into the game, and he has to sit down. And the Sixers, it, it was one of those, uh-oh, this could go poorly for the Sixers. I don't know if Kelly Oubre, Tobias Harris is really going to be able to hold things up and sustain you know, some level of sanity on the floor with so many other reserves. Pat Bev coming into the game, and you don't want things to get away. But they were able to even take the lead, leading by one at the end of the first quarter. Jalen Suggs going at Maxi, Quick nine points for him, which put Maxi in that foul trouble. But as you guys talked about, once he figures things out, settles down a little bit. Even Kyle and I saying it on Monday night after the game, yes, he had a poor game. He's allowed one poor game because of how, how great he has played all season long. The question was, again, the bounce back. And it not only did it carry over from those four quarters, but also this fifth quarter in the first from the entire game that he played on Monday to this fifth quarter here in the first against Orlando getting into that foul trouble, not really playing good defense at all against Jalen Suggs, but he figured it out, played much better defense overall, even when he came back. And of course, his offense picked up as he dropped 23, should have had an extra free throw on a corner three-pointer where he was fouled by Suggs towards the end of the game. Another three-pointer taken away on a questionable call as well. And he even missed maybe one or two other layup opportunities that he typically makes. So good to see it. Just simply good to see him bounce back going on the road. No Joel Embiid once again. And with that length, the physicality of the Orlando Magic's defense. And even, even with him finishing with 23, there was a time there and that – End of the third when he came back in to close things out, Magic cut it to three. 
Uh, Coach Nurse puts them back in. They push the lead back again. Fourth quarter, in there, they're now shading the defense towards him as he's coming across the half-court line. They're sending that extra help. Cole Anthony getting physical with him. Uh, Caleb Houston in the game, they're just sending that extra length at him to get the ball out of his hands, putting it in Patrick Beverly's hands or anyone else in the backcourt with him. And I thought the team overall handled it pretty well, including Maxie out there on the floor to do what they needed to do. I will say, before you get to that, he mentioned that there was a player, I forget who it was, to, to bring a level of sanity to the floor. That is your role with the podcast, just to add <laughs> a level it. of sanity to, uh, Sometimes to I can do. go nuts, though, and then Bree has to make sure she brings the sanity <laughs> I think, to it. I was going to say, I think right. Bree is the level of sanity, <laughs> keeping us all under control from behind the glass over there. So I, I want to stick on something that you said there, Devon, which is that the thing that makes this more impressive to me is because they threw two on the ball at Tyree so yeah. often and because he had this bounce-back performance with Orlando saying – hey, we know you're number one on the scouting report tonight, right? Like, you're the guy. Joel's not here. What are you going to do? Will you make the right reads? Will you still stay aggressive? You know, like, one of the reasons to throw two on the ball is not just to get the ball out of your hands. It's so the next time down, you're second-guessing and you're thinking, hey, someone's coming and Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to make that pass. And then you make the pass too early, you turn the ball over. Get into your own head after a certain amount of time. And Orlando was trying to throw different looks at him, different coverages, different matchups, frankly, in order to make him have that that second thought in his mind, like, what do I do here? And I thought he managed that really well. You know, Marcus Morris, who I'm sure we'll get to at some point. Marcus Morris moment of the night. uh, The anti-Marcus Island probably justified with 14 (laughs) points on 14 (laughs) shots tonight. But... There was a stretch in that second quarter where... Every one of those six makes you guys gave me grief for, though. Every <laughs> single one of them. There's a stretch there in that second quarter where they're throwing two on the ball at Tyrese quite often, and they're using Marcus as the ball screener because he's able to be the release valve. He's playing four on three and can attack off the dribble and take an open catch-and-shoot three, and they're able to get into some good offense or get some quality looks that Marcus made a few, Marcus missed a few, but either way... They're getting good shots because Tyrese is waiting until they are fully committed with that two-on-the-ball strategy and then relieving the pressure. So that was really important, even though Tyrese didn't have a big assist game. And then, again, to be able to beat the pressure by himself, to turn the corner, to use his speed where it doesn't matter how long guys are compared to you if you just run right by them. And so Tyrese using his speed to beat slower guys was a really important part of that game. Yeah, and, and credit credit to Nick. You know, I thought I think uh, Maxie's first bucket came off of an, off of an Iverson cut. I know yes. one of his threes came off of a pin down. Like he was running sets specifically to get Maxie involved off ball because he knew they were going to overload on him when he was on the ball. And credit to Maxie for developing his game so much over the years that he's able to operate in both of those uh, sets. And with it, he only had one turnover uh, again. Mm-hmm. And that was more unforced because it was him rushing a little bit, lost the handle, and the ball just got away from him, and it was a turnover. Other than that, he did exactly what we typically see him do, which is protect the basketball, even with all of that attention, all that pressure that is placed at his his feet. He still handles that pressure pretty well. And not a big assist game, but I didn't think that was anything because of him. The Sixers just couldn't shoot. It's tough to get assists when he can't shoot. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So w- with that length, as, as he's attacking that length, we've seen it a few times now where we've discussed that, where the length is could be a problem. It's a test that we want to see how he handles that, that type of length. 
we've seen it now a few times, and he's going to see so many other different coverages, so many different defenses. They're going to blitz him. They're going to they're going to run at him, trap him, uh, do so many things to get the ball out of his hands. See how creative he is when he gets to the lane. Is he going to pass or is he going to shoot it? Whatever he does, so far and. I don't think like, – we talked about that 51-point performance and he had 35 in that one when Embiid had 51. We talked at length about how great Embiid was and has been, but also how we were so impressed with the 35 points that Maxi hung on that team and how he did it. And he just continues to pass these tests as we – talk about things that happened on Monday night uh, against the Miami Heat. We even said it that night. If he gave half of his average of the 26, they probably win that game with the flow of the game. He did finish with 12, right. with half of that, you know, 20, 24. But if it was the, in the flow of the game, things might have been different. But having to come in here once again with all of the focus being on him with that defense, it opened it up for so many others because he didn't panic. He didn't look like his body language was so poor on Monday night. Oh, he's after aggressive Maxi, the yeah, guy that you and I wanted when we were talking yeah. Monday. Yeah, and he stayed like himself. Even when he missed, you didn't see his head down. You didn't see the slumping of the shoulders, any of that. He just got back, did what he did, and came right back to being the same guy that we've been seeing all season long. And I think, too, we were talking about it as the game was going on. He's probably a foot away from like three forced turnovers as well. One of the things you and I said Monday, Devon, was once his offensive game went off the rails or once his shot was just like, well, he's not making anything tonight, we wanted to see Tyrese impact the game some way else, whether it's as a playmaker, whether it's as a point-of-attack defender, jump in passing lanes, whatever it is. I just think that tonight you could see all of it coming at once. And, and to your point about just beating up Orlando on the offensive end. Some of it is just as simple as he made some threes. And when he makes threes and he can hit you with those step backs, he can look the, the off ball movement. The fact that this kid is a grade a developing point guard, but is also someone you can just run through a maze of screens and then hit a movement three. That's something that not a lot of guys have both sides of the coin that just it makes you so much more dangerous as a player. We saw him last year play off of Joel Embiid and James Harden and succeed in that way. And that's why it's like you're, you're just over the moon about his development arc overall. But you saw that tonight. If they're going to put two on the ball, okay, we're going to put, as Derek said, put Maxi through some Iverson cuts, have him coming off some curls and doing some different things. Just the number of sets and actions that you can put him through and him – he still feels comfortable in it that I mean the sky's the limit for him offensively because of that and Derek he has some really good finishes when we talk about extra points at least two of those three finishes at the rim where he had to he had two of them where they were and ones and then he had two other ones that, that seemed one like, that soft kiss that went way up off just the glass. barely was, touched yeah. the glass the way he's improved on even that and I know we've talked about it in the past but Again, we just it's it's different every game because defenders are defending you different and you have to find a way to get the ball off of the glass, get the basketball off the glass and and still have that touch to make it and maybe concentrate on making it and not just worrying about the free throws. And again, he he put on a pretty good show there uh, with with the repertoire that he had. Yeah, and he had a couple more where I thought could have gone in, they just rolled out. Um his touch around the rim is it's really like, like I said the the, the 
diversity of sort of like angles he can take, the way he can you know get the right English and touch on the ball even at a million miles an hour, it's it's really really impressive. Um, and you know I, I had like a, a thing on Maxi about how unguardable he's become because of the combination of that deep range on that three and the way he can play off ball and also that ability to drive and 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 really score inside. And then he had that four for twenty outing. I'm glad he came <laughs> back and sort of showed this because back to you know, unguardable, yeah, baby. Back to unguardable. Only only a one day detour, but uh, he's look he's real good, and I have a lot of confidence in him in the playoffs. Um, we I've mentioned it before, but like the concerns just come down to his age and experience, not his skill set. And every day I think he shows that if there's going to be a 23-year-old that's ready for this moment, it's going to be him. Definitely, definitely. And something that we've all felt good about, most of the Sixer fans that have jumped in with us during these shows that uh, before I got here and since I've gotten here, so much confidence in Tyrese Maxey. Even so, where we saw so many comments on Monday and even now tonight just peeking through some of them where, yeah, it was one bad game on Monday and we had faith that he would bounce back. When we get back, got to talk about the supporting cast because that's a couple of good games here from the supporting cast helping out Tyrese Maxey and a few others before Embiid went down helping to pick up this win. We'll do that after I tell you about our good friends at game time. If you are on the road. I saw someone that I follow on social media. He and his wife were in Orlando for the holiday. They found themselves at the game tonight. And I bet you, I bet you. I sure hope they use the game time app. They went to the game time app. Yes, buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful even on the road. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun that you'll have. Flash deals and last minute tickets. Seat images. Uh, for where you want to be. Kyle talked about it before. You don't want to be in a building and it's just big There's old stadiums and arenas, and man. beams in front of you and you can't see. You don't want to be that one where you're yelling at the usher, hey, can you move us out of this spot? Easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Lowest price guaranteed, event cancellation, protection, job loss protection, etc. Forget planning months in advance. If you take a spontaneous trip and you have somewhere to go, Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football baseball basketball concerts comedy and again theater plus more the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less guess what game time is very generous they will credit you 110 percent of the difference. Snag those tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHLY for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Gift giving, you can keep that thing going. Hey, still the holiday season. I know many of you not back at work yet. And, oh, I forgot the gift for that person. When I get back to work, I got to make sure I give them something. They're sports fans. Let's go to FOCO. Go to FOCO and get anything that you need. FOCO is the leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment in merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. Hey, football and tailgating season. The birds trying to do their thing these last two games. You might want to gear up for the postseason. 
Got to get some overalls, little hoodie, hat to stay warm, some sunglasses. It's a day game. Want to take that sun out of your eye, bags, whatever you need, everything you need for the game. Foco has it, has you all hooked up, has PHLY hooked up, and provided some awesome pieces for us behind us here on our set. Foco always has our back for Philly sports, and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description for all non-presale items. Use the promo code PHLY. That's for 10% off again. PHLY10 for 10% off. Speaking of which, I got you guys some uh, some holiday gifts. Oh, look at, look that, at man. this guy. Pass one down. Same thing. I bring donuts. I, re- I realize I can be a little bit of a pain in the ass. I'm oh, not going to make any man. promises. Are we supposed that, to open on the sure, show? Sure, you can is open it. Like a, I don't I'm know not going to make any like promises hey, that I can't, hey, hey, Kyle, keep, that I can't I keep. I think we need to go to FOCO last minute. <laughs> Do you think so? <laughs> so, rather than tell you I'm not going to be a pain in the ass, I got you something that oh, maybe helps this is very make nice. it a little uh, little easier. This is very nice. Oh, wow. We got some unnamed brand migraine oh, medicine man. from yes. Derek. You know what? I'm just, we, I figure I'm probably causing these. you all some migraines, so here you go. Hey, we need these. Bree, if you need some also, because we're yelling and all that, we're driving you You think it's going to be a real gift, thank you? <laughs> thank you very much, Derek. We, thank you very much. We appreciate much. that. I actually yeah. needed these the other day. I was like, oh, man, my head is killing me. I need one of these. It's probably from the accumulation of talking to me every day, so yeah. trying yeah, to help. For the couple weeks that I've been perhaps. here, yeah, it built up, built up, you know? But hey, one person that we don't need these for anymore is... TH, man. Number 12. Well, for now. I'm not saying it's all on us He's that, been we, rolling. that we started this. He's been rolling. I believe since we really got on Tobias, and since I personally asked Tobias, why aren't you shooting more threes? He's shooting more threes. He's playing better. He's been more aggressive. He dropped 33 in that first game, 27 in the last outing, 22 tonight. 10 for 23. We felt like he missed a couple of easy shots. Next, I'm going to call out Devon for not winning the lottery. Like, you son of a goat. Because you know if I win, we're splitting that thing up here four ways. (laughs) You know that. And But no, man, he, he again, 10 for 23. It's not even the number of shots he took that will bother us. It's because he took them and made a good percentage of them, hit some pretty good shots during a stretch where they needed some runs to kind of close things out, hold off the Orlando Magic because they were surging a bit. And Tobias Harris, Derek, man, he uh, coming back out here, 22-7 boards, six defensive boards, no turnovers in 33 minutes. He's playing a really good brand, as we've talked about before. He'll go cold like he did for a, a good while. And here we are, three straight games, and he's playing very well. Yeah, but tonight concerns me. Hmm. Ooh, because he, like he went one ready, for five Bree. from three, and I'm expecting two threes in the next game. Ah, gotcha. When he when he starts missing, he starts second guessing himself. I, I love that he took five today. Took seven on Monday. He's been shooting a, a good quantity of them. I'm worried about the next and then, game. Let me follow it up by asking you this: because while we talked about Orlando having I, some, and I don't even care that he missed. I just care I, how that's going to impact him on I the know, next game. But yeah. this is more. I don't think they're a physical team yet. More so, they're more of a finesse type of squad. But they have a lot of thing, a lot of different players that they can throw at you to disrupt things. Sure. Houston is next. Houston is a more physical basketball team. So to your point, is that something that that you might have a little bit of concern there, where he might get a little timid with certain things because of how they are playing him on the three-point line? Brooks getting in his chest. Might yeah. exactly because you know that's the assignment, right? You know that's <laughs> the assignment. He's gonna stare at him in pregame warmups. He's gonna try to take him right there. He's done. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but following up to your point, 
Is that something that could be part of it? I mean, I get. I worry about passive Toby showing up every game. Certainly in that matchup, after shooting one for five from three, yeah, I'm, I'm concerned. And quite frankly, the run that Tobias has had the last three games just makes me more annoyed and more frustrated over the Tobias we get all too frequently and all too often. <laughs> you can't just so I'm, I'm going to meet you halfway on this one. I agree. The last point you said, I 100% agree. This is why when we're sitting here and we see, hey, Tobias took three shot attempts in a game and his explanation is, well, sometimes it's just not in the flow of the offense that I'm not getting the ball and all that. Yes, he's not getting the ball enough that he's going to get 20-plus shot attempts when Joel is in the lineup. He also touches the ball enough to get more than three and to get more than one or two threes up. Where I'm going to push back on you a little bit is that he very well could have missed that first shot, missed his first two threes, and said, that's it. We, we've seen that version of Tobias many times, sure. right? Where he misses the first couple threes and gets spooked out of shooting anymore. I love, I know this sounds crazy. I love that he got to one for five yes. from the evening, I agree. I agree. including a big three out of a timeout in the fourth quarter where Orlando's making their run. I actually got a tweet from someone that was preemptively blaming me for the loss because I had already declared victory toward the end of the third oh, quarter. Oh, because Melton made a layup? Shows you, <laughs> yeah. by the way, no shade whoever that was. I can't even remember their name on Twitter. But Tobias staying with it to the point that he's hitting a catch-and-shoot three in the fourth quarter, hitting pull-up jumpers. I even thought, like, and I said it to you guys during the game, to see him attacking the rim, and even when he's missing late in the game, Paul Reed's getting an easy cleanup opportunity out of it because Tobias is drawing two guys to try to contest his shot at the rim. And that's those are the things that happen when instead of Tobias record scratching and, and wasting eight seconds of the shot clock hunting for the perfect shot, he just plays. He just says, I'm going to take this shot. I'm going to go to the rim. I'm going to do whatever I need to do to help this team. I will live with this Tobias any friggin' day of the week. I'll take that guy over 0 for 3, 1 for 5 Tobias any single day. I'm 100% with with you. I will take 1 for 7 rather than 1 or 0 for 2 any day. I give him credit for continuing to push through it even when he's off night on the perimeter. I give him credit for attacking the rim, even some pretty good decisions there in the half court like you referenced. I just don't have a lot of confidence that it's going to carry over because we've seen fair. this movie play out a million times before. And... If he does, I'll give him credit. Even if he comes out and he shoots two for nine from three, that's fine. I will give him a lot of credit just for taking those attempts. But I do; it does concern me a little bit that, oh, all right, he's off of his hot streak. Will he have the mentality to push through it until the next one? Folks, I tried. I teed Derek right up for a nice nice thing to say about Tobias. He just, he, he just couldn't. We, we, he frustrates know. me because I know hey, he can do this hey, more Hey, often. Kyle, this is why we need these. We need the migraine <laughs> medicine, man. Migraine medicine. And later on for our Marcus Morris moment of the night, probably, we got to pass it back to Derek because he's going to get tired of us. But no, he, I, I, I thought, actually bought you guys a bottle of scotch, but after dealing with my family for two straight days, I needed that, that one That was all myself. yours? Yeah. All right, we appreciate it. I, I actually thought he played pretty well, and, and, and I know you guys did. I know Derek, you know, just jokingly, but uh, he, I thought he played well. He was decisive on a couple of things. He missed some easy mm -hmm. shots that he that we've seen him make before. But again, it's just more of him 
aggressive Tobias Harris now is the best Tobias Harris. And and him being aggressive and looking for a shot, taking those shots, he still has those few in the game, in the midst of the game. You're like, all right, that's that's back to the norm. But then he he hit some big shots again to stop some runs from, from Orlando, really taking the lead, cutting it to three. He had a big three. Melton hit a big three also to push that lead back to nine. And he was a big part of it. He got some key rebounds down the stretch, too, where Kyle Derrick and I were driving ourselves crazy here because loose balls were loose basketballs right there in front of the players. And they're just watching it. And the oh, magic the, the players one are just. The floorboard that hit the ground. Yeah. They actually ended up coming up with it, I believe. There's a rebound that like three guys watched hit the ground. And I was like pulling what hair I have left <laughs> on my head out. I was just losing it. So it, it, was, it was insane, but. I thought he played well, and, 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 and when you need team basketball and you need a good balance, Maxie's doing what Maxie does. Tobias Harris stepping up when Maxie picks up the two personal fouls early, having others, Melton Morris also getting some good buckets, Patrick Beverly with his sky hooks early. You needed everybody, and Harris played his role, played his part in getting into this one. Melton had a pretty good shooting night where he had some big threes down the stretch. Helped it, again, to push the score to a more of a lopsided number, but overall, DeAnthony Melton, this was one of the good Melton shooting mm -hmm. nights. My guy Jim rocking the same hoodie I am right now, by the way. Love Shout it, out Jim. to Jim. You guys can get your own at you can get the hats. Locker. Check out the hats. You can go get well, the hats. Well, you can't get mine hat. Not my that hat's one. a Liverpool hat, unfortunately. For yeah. Actually, I don't think – are the hats even up yet? I, I don't believe so. The hats they will, will be up. They they'll, will they'll be up there. Uh, to your Melton. point, Devon, we were talking about Melton during the game, mostly like, oh, my God, he made some transition layups. And well, that, that's when you guaranteed the win. Yeah. yeah. Listen, if I see DeAnthony make more than one transition layup in a game, that's just – it's a victory. A, a W is all but guaranteed. But just a lot of the, the connective stuff that we love from him tonight, off-ball defense, which maybe we'll get to that at some point, their off-ball defense for the first – First quarter. I would least. say like if yeah. even quarter and a half of this game Atrocious. was abysmal. Yes. And that was after a Christmas Day game where I'd argue it was just as bad or worse for most of that game. It was almost like, and I wrote this in the recap, it's almost like they're expecting Joel Embiid to be there, even though he's yep. not out, not in the lineup including, the last two nights. Including Mo it's like, Bamba. oh, I can, I can let these guys go because Big Fell is going to help me. And, and yeah, to your point, Devon, I think Mo Bamba and Paul Reed at times they thought, thought Embiid that, was there too. Thought that Joel <laughs> right. was going to be there to right. save them, and then yeah. they turn like, oh, shit. He's not there. Number 21 <laughs> ain't walking through that door tonight. So oh, man. Melton was one of the few guys I thought played consistently pretty good off-ball defense. Obviously, the transition play is a bonus. Three-point shooting was great. I still live in fear every time he tries to dribble the ball and attack He had himself, a few of those. But had some nice moves. He had a came to a jump stop at one point, and Derek joked yes, during he the game. He's like, "I love the jump stop," and then I was like, "Man, what the hell is gonna happen yeah. after that?" And yeah. look, he made like a nice little runner floater yep. in the lane at a couple of those tonight. Mm -hmm. So, all in all, great D'Anthony performance. What did he end up with? Twenty two. He actually 22. matched yeah. Tobias on the night, so that was a, a big lift for the guys on top of. What you got from the two guys that I think you needed to have. And the team best four threes. Four of seven. Yeah. Four of seven. So when we talk about streaky Melton, 
you got the good one there tonight with the streaky Melton because yeah. he made it, he made his shots. And there are a few of those where I, I just thought the way the defense was set up when the ball swung to him, they were moving the ball. The ball was snapping yeah. tonight, and I thought they were sharing it. And I thought, hey, maybe you need to make that extra pass. But he was he was ready to go, similar to what he was early on when he was missing. Right now, he's just making them and in a good place. And look, you bring up streaky Melton. To a degree, any high-volume three-point shooter is going to be streaky. That's the nature of the shot. Yeah. To a mountain's credit, he generally shoots his way out of him and shoots his way into the next streak. That's where the frustration with the other guy we were talking about comes in. <laughs> but I want to be clear. I was impressed with the, with the way he kept being aggressive today. The concern is going forward. Absolutely. All right. We want to tell you about Rocket Money. And this actually happened again, where I was... Oh, no. I, I he went, found another subscription. <laughs> well, I went... My brother and I are trying to do a bike race in the, the spring, and I went to sign up with my Zwift account. I'm like, hmm, that's weird. It's still working. Why is it working? And I went, and I've been paying for the last se seven months oh, for an account no. that I wasn't using. Man. Don't be me. Don't be me. We all want to make sure that you get the most out of your money and that you're not wasting your money on unnecessary subscriptions like me, two HBO accounts, a Zwift account I wasn't using. It happens. Um, for example, if you're looking to cancel that streaming service that you haven't used in months, you can take that money and get yourself maybe some PHLY hoodies ah. like the guys are rocking over here. The rare double ad at the same time <laughs> promo. <laughs> months and months and months, I was just throwing subscription money away, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. Like I mentioned before, with most products that we endorse on the show, we're trying to convince you that, yes, you might spend some money, but the product or the experience is worth it. This one's easy. There's a very real chance that you will save money by using Rocket Money. I know I did. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. You can see all of your subscriptions in one place. If you see something you don't want, you can cancel it with a tap, and you never have to get on the phone with customer service. It's a huge benefit. I hate getting on the phone. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money. The guy who podcasts for a living hates, hate getting on hates the phone. talking to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money. I haven't tried that yet. I really should. And negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 per year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. And after my experience, lately, say, that, that's, that's that, that, like half of what they saved that, Eric. I that think. sounds high, but I'm starting to believe it. <laughs> Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash PHLY. That's rocketmoney.com slash PHLY. Rocketmoney.com slash PHLY. And listen, guys, the reviews are in. We went to the Reading Terminal Market and so many people laughed at how I say bagels that they said, you know what, Kyle, you're reading the Bagels & Co. ads. Because, guys, Bagels & Co. offers huge Brooklyn-style bagels made in Philly. You could use a bagel right now. I could. Uh, listen, you can never have enough bagels around me. I eat bagels every day, several days a week. And Bagels & Co. offers an average of around 15 to 20 types of bagels that rotate seasonally. They have a Christmas-themed bagel right now. Worth checking out. I don't know if there'll be a New Year's bagel. I don't know if there's even... A mummer's bagel, you know, right around foot. There's all kinds of seasonal and rotating themes that they got. And look, if you're a cream cheese guy, which I am, they offer 30 different flavors of cream cheese that rotate throughout the year. And as we are a sports show, worth mentioning, Bagels & Co. do themed cream cheeses for all the local sports teams, including your Philadelphia 76ers. So just as important as the variety is the affordability. Bagels & Co. has kept their prices down so that you can be an everyday customer 
not just someone who comes in for a weekend splurge. They even offer premium coffee at a superior price to most national brands and chains. So for the best Brooklyn-style bagels made right here in Philly, head to www.thebagelsandco.com slash store-locator to find the closest Bagels & Co. near you. Gavin says you're right. It's bagels. That's how you, that's, it's, it's I don't have a lot of symptoms of hoagie mouth. Like I don't do the water. <laughs> I don't do crown instead of crayon. You don't say I say bagels. most things normally, but yeah. bagels must be one of them. Are, are you a toasted bagel or do, oh, you, do you just right out of the, right out of the. I got to toast. Okay. I, no, so I will say it depends if they're super fresh. There are definitely times when you, you like the nice soft, mm-hmm. but because I like cream cheese, Getting the you know the cool cream cheese on the the warm bagel out of the toaster can't beat it. I'm I'm more of I like cream cheese, but I'm more of the just the butter, butter it's, on the bagel. Again, that also just, depends on which kind you got. I'm a I'm an everything guy, so I like to okay feel like it complements yeah. the with cream cheese a little right. better. All right, yeah, all right. We can breakfast use bagel, breakfast bagel, yeah. Right. Got to have some eggs and some kind of uh, oh, I mean, in it. bacon, yeah. egg, and cheese. Come no. on, can't beat it. Brie bagel. So what? What, what do you? Bag? Cream cheese for for Brie. Hey, right there. All right. That's how you know I'm right here. There Brie's you go. always right. Yeah. Well, the ball was being spread around tonight <laughs> with the guy sharing the basketball uh, in this win over Orlando. No Joel Embiid, but a lot of different contributions from everyone else. Paul Reed with a double double. Marcus Morris and Patrick Beverly off the bench scoring in double figures. Robert Covington getting late run because he did not get first half run. That went to Morris and House Jr. Uh, but Covington coming in late to, to help out and made some defensive plays, getting some, some key steals, some key deflections. A clear path. What was it? A clear path foul it was? On that was one of the weirdest oh, so. yeah. take fouls take foul. I've ever seen called. Yeah, and so again, just doing things to help. But once again, not in the early part of the rotation like he was when he first got here and started to take the floor. But nevertheless, contributions up and down Mm -hmm. uh, the roster. And I thought the defensive energy after halftime really picked up. You know, already brought up the the crappy off-ball defense earlier. I thought they really locked in. Now, some of that, when you play better defenders and Robert Covington gets on the floor – who historically has been a very good team defender, off-ball defender, that's going to make a difference with your off-ball attentiveness, certainly. But even guys who had played in the first half, Patrick Beverly, I thought, was better on defense in the second half. Paul Reed got more into the game in the second half after you know, Mo Bamba had some okay he moments played better in, the in the first, first half. half. Reed played better in the second yes, half. Yes, and I thought Bamba in the second half got just destroyed by Franz, Franz Wagner. Franz was just layup line. And it, it was one of those situations where you can see all the weaknesses that Bamba has that we've talked about a million times on display where when he doesn't have to move, I think you can see his utility. Unfortunately, <laughs> basketball is a game it's that a requires you to move yeah. quite a bit. And in today's league where teams are playing four and often five out, Franz Wagner has Bomba on an island and over and over again, just into his chest, going by him, scoring a layup, scoring a layup, scoring a layup. It's really tough to keep a guy on the floor if, like, that's Franz Wagner, who I really like, yes. but he's not exactly like the fleet of elite foot. athlete, like <laughs> right. a, a guard. When he's doing that to you, forget asking Bomba to switch on to, you know, any kind of guard who can take you off the dribble. So 
that in a nutshell was the problem with Bamba. I did think there were moments in the first half. He's attacking rebounds. He made some nice reads as a even as a passer at times. Actually got the better of Wagner on a different play where met him at the rim. I don't I wouldn't say stripped him or blocked him. It was just kind of like a, a weird play. Mm-hmm. And then Wagner turns the ball over off his foot. So that was a good moment for Bamba. Had more of those. And then Reed after halftime was just in another universe from him. Was much, much better. Yeah. No, Reed was one of the you, you mentioned the off ball defense to start. I, Reed was one of the primary culprits. Yeah. And this was a team in Orlando. You had to do two things. It seemed like they were overplaying on the perimeter, which when you're playing against a team who can't shoot, why are you trying to run them off the line? And because <laughs> exactly. of that, they were getting can uh, or won't like Paolo cut. barely yeah. even wants to take them a lot of the Suggs time. Suggs is still cutting back doors. Like he was yeah. doing that every possession. And it was a bunch of different Good people player. that were the culprit, uh, but Reed was definitely one of them. There was just so much miscommunication overplaying on the perimeter. They cleaned that up. The other thing was on the glass, and they ended up limiting them to only nine offensive rebounds. Some of them were frustrating, the few that they did get, but overall through the night, um, that was key. And Reed's turnaround at halftime was huge uh, because, frankly, his activity level is always there. You just need him to communicate and make the right decisions. In the first half, it was like, man, I don't know how much longer you can keep him out there. Maybe you got to try something different. Second half, he was much better, and because of that, they were able to be more competitive on the glass. Yeah, and and look, even defensively, uh, Kelly Oubre didn't score as well. We talked about this pregame, just tr- try, kind of breaking things down between amongst us, and we were talking about Kelly Oubre, Tobias Harris, De'Anthony Melton. Can they have another good game like they did on Monday to help lead to a win? And and one of the pr- things we talked about was Kelly had to stay hot, stay aggressive, and, and attack the defense. And he didn't take a lot of shots, but defensively, he was engaged. It was, Super this was engaged. one of those games where we talked about it early in the season. Some of the questions he was buying in early, as far as the defensive, uh, the defensive side of things goes, and he was really good defensively. Really getting in there, digging in. He dove on the floor one along the sideline that saved the basketball. We were questioning whether he saved it or not, but it was more about the hustle and the effort. Where. Shots not falling, not taking enough shots like we're accustomed to seeing him do so in the double digits when Joel Embiid is not out there. But he did something to help the basketball team win. When we talk about buy-in and what what kind of mindset a player is going to come in here with when they're more offensive-oriented, tonight he really, really stepped his defensive presence up. And I I thought he hounded some of those wing players pretty well to make them think about attacking him or making them have tougher shot attempts while he was up there, hand in the face, knocking the ball away, basketball away from a few of those players to cut off their driving lanes and disrupting their overall flow. Yeah, and to your point, Devon, we actually had, I don't know who it was, asked earlier if Ubre's block was the highlight or it was craziest sick. highlight of yeah, the season. It was sick. If you go back four or five seconds beforehand, to your point, Devon, he was getting into Paolo and and trying to make his life difficult there. So before he makes the highlight reel play, he's chasing him around screens and and trying to make his life more difficult. Now, to me, the play that I loved even more than that, which is like the the stereotypical Philadelphians love this shit type play, is when he strips, I don't remember who it was, around half court, and then dove into the scorer's table to save that ball, send the Sixers running the other way, Tobias Harris gets a layup in transition, believe they pushed the lead to 11 points. And that just, those little plays, those those bursts of effort from Kelly, the second efforts that I'm not going to just let this loose ball, like it would have been a good play to strip somebody and then you get back and get set. To make the extra effort, 
that's what people have wanted from Kelly throughout his career. That yes. he's capable of that stuff. He's a great athlete. When he's engaged, he can be a really good defender and a, a helpful guy on a team. But it's been keeping him in the boat, so to speak, keeping Kelly's mind on where it needs to be in the game. And I think to get that version of Kelly tonight where what he ended up – he was like one for one seven, for seven yep. from the field. So his only, make, his only make was that corner three-pointer right before that save from yep. going out of bounds. Yes. He was crucial in that, in that stretch. For yeah, sure. so for him to be as poor as he was offensively, yet we're still seeing him dialed in and engaged with what they needed him to do on the defensive end of the floor. I say this all the time. It's one of the hardest things – for guys, for role players to do in the NBA because not only are they shooting poorly, eventually they are just not going to get shots because they're going to go to the Tobiases, the Tyrese's, the Joels of the world, the guys at the top of the pecking order because they're not hitting. So they have to stay in the game, engaged in their role, knowing I'm not really going to touch the ball and I'm not going well on offense. So I think to me this is like a perfect example of the progress that Kelly has made this year and how he has fought back against the reputation he had coming into this season. And by the way, that point you bring up about he's not always going to get his shots, he's not always going to be a, a focal point of the offense, it's especially tough for him because he's coming from a situation last year where he had he had the green light whenever All the shots he, wanted he wanted. So to go from that and being like, yes, I need to buy into this role, I need to ev play defense even when I'm not getting the ball, I need to be ready in the corner. Look, are there shots that we're going to nitpick here and there yeah that's never going to be a strength of kelly's game but the consistency of his effort on defense i agree with you that is the reason why i have done a complete 180 on him uh, and that is why i believe in him more than i did before what do you attribute that to do you is it more team I I, winning well, coach one-year deal there are a number of things that I we mean, can lean on all of the above but i think there has to be a little bit of a reckoning of like i dropped 20 per game and nobody wanted me that, that's got to hit you a little bit right and people have two ways they can react to that. They can be um, angry and go out and try to show even more offensively, or they can buy into a system and a role and play hard on defense. And to Kelly's credit, I think he's done the latter. And he's still not perfect. And I, if he was on more than a minimum, I would nitpick the passing and the shot sure. selection, all that stuff. Yeah. But on a minimum contract, if he sits there and launches threes when he's open, attacks the rim when they close out on him, and plays hard on defense, I will ignore the rest of my nitpicking and I think some of it Derek like we talked coming into the season about look they have all these guys on expiring or end or one-year contracts right and to me that could have gone one of two ways the bad way is that you have so many guys trying to go out there and prove it and prove themselves and fight for that next contract that they're taking away from the team they're trying to put the focus on themselves rather than what is it going to take to win even if that doesn't pump my stats up pump my next contract up where it's gone instead which is to the credit of all these guys individually and certainly of the culture that Nick and Joel and Tyrese and that these important people have established is that all these guys are buying into a culture of competitiveness a culture of winning and doing what it takes and sacrificing some nights, some guys are getting more shots, more playtime. Like Robert Covington, another great example tonight, barely plays. He put like a minute or two in the first half, then gets asked to play real minutes in the second half. He comes in, plays his ass off on defense, getting deflections, doing different things to help the team win. So all these guys 
who, you know, all their NBA futures, especially with this new CBA, we keep talking about guys are going to get squeezed. The top guys beyond, or the guys beyond the top, top guys are going to make less money. So everybody gets squeezed as you go further down the road. We don't know what these guys are going to make moving forward. This is like a big trial yeah. run, I think, for how the NBA is going to operate coming up this offseason. With all that in mind, these guys are bought in, doing the right things. And frankly, I think if, if you're looking at it from a fan's perspective, they have put together a team and a culture that I think Philadelphia can be proud of. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and one other player that has also seemingly, after he at least spoke up publicly, and I'm sure he said some things behind the scenes, I think it's time for us to get to the Marcus Morris moment of the night. Have a little fun here. Sure. With our guy getting, getting, getting busy out there. How many times did we yell weight room during the, uh, <laughs> during the, the game least for him times, to shoot six man. of 14? Oh, <laughs> man, at least four times. Take him down to the weight room, Marcus. <laughs> even, he even had one three-point attempt. Man, he didn't make them. He had three-point three attempts. Good shots, though. You know, they weren't yeah, forced. They weren't bad shots. Sure. Folks, if you're watching on the YouTube and if you're listening on the podcast back, I even did, Kyle, did not do it. I put the hand up. I was like, oh, that was dropping because he was already, he was already in a rhythm, man. That was a catch and shoot ball swings, basketball swings. He's going to drop that when it's the Marcus Morris moment of the night. But look, he had some other, some other just good moments overall in the game. And the one that I had written down was uh, Paolo Bancaro. By the way, I like him. Didn't love him coming out of Duke. Thought he was a really good player, deserving number one overall pick. Jabari Smith actually thought was going to be the number one pick. It, it happened the way that it happened. So but, did some very prominent reporters. <laughs> right. So Up to the minute of the draft. Up yeah. to the minute. And so, so we get here now, and look, the guy's a fantastic talent, and he's very good. He's part of the reason why they're eight, 18 and 12 and fourth in the Eastern Conference right now behind the Sixers. And tonight, though, he did, I'm not going to say he didn't look like he had it, had it I think part of the Sixers' defense was a part of the reason why he did not have it. So credit to the Sixers' defense as much as we questioned some things that they did tonight. But there was one play in the second quarter where it looked like he, was, he had a good move, Paolo Bancaro, Marcus Morris is on him. We've talked plenty of times about so many talented players that can now at this stage of his career just get by Marcus Morris with no problem. And he forced a shot clock violation when the guy had the ball for at least eight seconds, just doing whatever he was doing, trying to get a shot. But he couldn't get by him. He couldn't get around him. And Marcus Morris played really good defense on Paolo Bancaro there on that end of the floor to force that turnover, force that shot clock violation. And that was just one that stood out to me. So as we make fun of it and talk about our Marcus Morris moments of the night, we had the bad one on Monday and the loss to Miami where he got a technical where he didn't need to as the ball went out of bounds. Tonight, he played well with 14 points off the bench. Uh, how many shots, Derek, did he need to get to that 14? 14. 14. But so what? <laughs> so what? Because we're talking about the Marcus Morris moment of the night. Kyle, you got one? Well, so here's what I would say on Marcus. Put a bow <laughs> on that conversation. Weirdly enough, the shots I didn't want him to take, he made. Yeah. yeah. The shots I was like, oh, that's a good look. Or he got himself to a good spot. He missed a few of those. So... I think it probably comes out in the wash eventually or at, yeah. by the end of the game. So I'm not super mad about the the efficiency or lack thereof tonight. I, I thought they needed him for a good stretch of that second quarter for what he did. And look, as much as I advocate for Rocco over Morris minutes on this show, 
Roko is not going to be the guy you send as a ball screen and say <laughs> you're attacking four on threes for like a three to four minute stretch of the game. That's it's not something he could do. Maybe he could be in somebody else's spot. But yeah, yeah. Okay, Morris Knight. We'll say that. We do have a super chat if yeah. you guys would like to uh, discuss to that right quick. Our guy. Or gal furious, so I don't really know. You're just furious, but thank you, furious. Donations. Yes. If nurse can unlock. I feel like that was like 16-year-old Kyle's YouTube. Furious? Yeah. No, furious? actually, you know my original uh, AIM screen name? You guys used AIM, I'm sure. sure I would of bet course. you like 25% of yep. the people watching this actually were old enough to use AIM. My first AIM screen name was named after... Uh, Ray for Austin. It was skip to skip the number, the number two, two. my Lou, <laughs> and then whatever numbers I had to use because I was big on the M1 mixtapes yeah. back in the day. Okay. So anyway, so furious ass. If Nurse can unlock regular season Joel in the playoffs, could a player like Marcus Smart put this team over the top? Interesting question. Derek, what do you think? Should, could a player like hold on? I, didn't, I was could Marcus, Marcus Smart, Smart put the team over the top? No, by himself, no. If Joel is this Joel, in yeah, the no, playoffs. You, I still, I'm pretty convinced you need a third guy on offense. Okay. If Marcus is someone in addition to another guy, like two B level additions, then he can certainly play a role for sure. I've always liked Marcus Smart a lot. Um, even when he was struggling earlier this year, I thought he's a, you know, he's a defensive player of the year kind of guy uh he would be a, a big addition but i think th i do think they need another scorer he stole our award that year like i played minutes but <laughs> stole our award that year i don't Came know if you hold up on on, on nba defense yeah man, that, was, that was disappointing <laughs> nice trophy though for, where are you at on marcus smart then um i still like him i, I think he could play a role on Just this team like if i had a choice between he and the anthony melton at even at this stage i was still take Marcus Smart, but I am with you, Derek, on this one where I do believe you, you, you still need a little more offense. When we talk about Alex Caruso and we say he can be someone that come in, we always say, though, that there may be a second piece that also comes along from redirected maybe from somewhere else. So could he help? Certainly. I just don't know offensively. We watched him whenever the Sixers were playing Boston, and when he's standing behind the three-point line left open, more often than not, we would be sitting there on press row like, yeah, I would probably leave him open too because he's, he's going to be the one that thinks he should be taking that shot over Brown and Tatum, and he's going to brick it. But then there are those times too where he gets rolling and he knocks down four. But the statistics say that he's not going to make it, and I would lean more, yes, defensively. I would love a, a, a veteran piece, someone who has been in big games, has played in the NBA Finals, I would say yes, but more scoring, to Derek's point, would also be needed. Well, Shahid gave me my own N1 mixtape name, which is Kyle the, the Pharmacist, Pharmacist Newbeck. Is that because I shared the pill with everybody? I or? like it. Yeah. Look at you. I thought of that on the I spot. mean, He's I literally shared pills on He's this podcast <laughs> on this show. Yes. I, I think I'm with you guys on Marcus. Uh, I think the, the problem number one because the Grizzlies are now back into, hey, we're a normal yeah, competitive team Four mode games in a row with won. Ja back, I don't think they're giving Marcus up unless you're sending them a haul. Mm -hmm. He's on a – I believe that's a pretty good contract over the next two, three years. He's making a little under 20 next year, a little over 21 in 2025, 26. Now that, if they traded for him 
which they're not going to. But if they did, that'd complicate the cap space plans a little bit. But I do believe, as you guys say, it would have to come with somebody else who's moving the needle more offensively because Smart is a good connective player there. Someone who's a streaky shooter, certainly a confident shooter. There will be games in the playoffs where he goes one for nine or two for ten or whatever it is. He's going to get left open and he's still going to take those shots, which I respect that about him. Would be a big pickup for them. I just don't think it's a, a reasonable ask for Daryl to get him in addition to, to someone else who we think they yeah. actually need in order to, you know, get closer to a title. First of three games against Orlando, guys. What, what did you make? This is the first time we've seen them 30 games in, 18 and 12. You mentioned the Boston game earlier where they played well against them. Then they go back uh, two games in Boston. They get rocked pretty good about two weeks ago. But overall, Jamal Mosley, Derek, has this team playing some pretty good basketball. They may not be ready. Maybe they're on the same lines as that Cleveland team last season that came in where yeah. it was like, ah, oh, you, you know, you guys are here. But – but they are, they are interesting. They're fun. They have a lot of nice young talent. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, maybe a week or two ago, we were talking about them, whether or not they're really ready to truly contend. And I think our, our overall stance was intriguing, but they need both some additions offensively and a couple more years of experience. And I think that's mostly held up. You know, I think they've got a fatal flaw in their shooting where I don't think that's going to work in the playoffs. I think teams are going to be able to really limit them in the half court. Uh, I give them a lot of credit for having so many young guys who have bought in defensively and bought into what the coach is asking for. They've got incredible size and an activity on defense. They've got great point of attack defenders. They can protect the rim. All of that is great. Attack the glass. They can't shoot. And yep. if you can't shoot in the playoffs, it's going to be tough to advance, you know, win two series, let alone three or four. Um, I think they are a significant addition away and a couple of years of experience. They were nine for 33 from beyond the line tonight. That's why when the six were getting beat on back to our cut, it's like, what are you doing? Just wall them off. Just, They're not going to beat them you. Shoot. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, Devon, you and I were talking before the game. Just they badly need a guard. Yeah. They need a real guard, like a yeah. creative guard. I think Suggs has actually he shown a lot me something than I yeah. this year and has taken a step forward that they, they really needed that from him. I certainly don't think he's lived up to the draft billing as of yet, but definitely took a step forward. We also, by the way, have another super chat from our guy, Kevin Simon. Thank you to Kevin, who asked Kuzma and Denny Advia trade, if possible. Does that move the needle? We I talked think, about Kuzma last week. Yeah. yeah. I don't think they're making Denny available. Like I, I think he has actually in the – not that I've been a big Wizards watcher this year, but from what I can tell – talking to people who cover the team or at least watch the team in some capacity. He's, he's been pretty good and looks mm -hmm. like, I guess what we would categorize as a, a winning player. I really struggle with Kuzma because it's kind of a version of the Levine conversation that we had the other night and throughout the last couple of months where you look at what he's doing there and he's not playing like a guy who cares about the right things. But at least in Kuzma's case, when he was on the Lakers and was in a, a proper winning environment, and he was like the on most nights, like third, fourth, sometimes even fifth most important guy on a given night, he would buy in and do the things that he needed to do. I just question if at this point of his career, he wants those things. 
maybe he looks at it like you trade for the guy and it's like a life raft for him. He comes here and he's about the right stuff. If he plays more like he did with the mindset that I thought he showed in L.A., I think that's helpful. The bigger problem there is the contract and the long-term money. Like that's, I think Derek has brought it up on the show. It's what, 20 something million a year for the next few years. And three more years after this one. Yeah. And it's, so it's a look, if, if you get the guy who Kuzma has shown in flashes and in previous situations, I don't think that will be a bad contract, but it's going to prevent you from making some bigger moves. And you're also taking a gamble that he's going to be that guy. So it's kind of, I, I could see both arguments is what I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's no shot. Daryl's trading for him. I agree with that for sure. And like to your point, yeah. contract or not his type of player. Yes. Okay. Yeah, both. 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 <laughs> but I love like, to yes. your point early in his career with the Lakers, he was given all the freedom in the world. LeBron comes to town. He takes a step back. It's good. It's good. It's what you want to see. But now that he's been a primary focal point again for the last few years, it is tough to completely buy in of, oh, I believe in this guy. And you have to really, really believe in him to let that contract get away of in the way of any other move you could make. Like if that's got to be your one buy-in is Kyle Kuzma, I can't see any chance Daryl I'm, does I'm, that. I'm with you. I'm with you both. I, I don't see it either. You know, it's funny because Kuzma is a name that does come up not as often as Levine, OG Ananobi. And or my guy, Tyus Jones. Or Tyus Jones. <laughs> I, I feel like we need to come up with some other names. I, I, I know we're, you know, even if we just. We'll get there. Yeah. Like, look, we're closing we're, in on yeah. deadline. We so. only got six weeks, so they will come up. Yeah. We, we need some new names yeah. because these, these, are, these are old at this point. We, we need some new names. And they, don't, and they don't really do much for when we're talking about what they need to do to get over the hump. So yeah. that's yeah. Look, Kuzma is not the difference between winning the title it'll, or not. It'll no. be truly fascinating if, like, a star or at least somebody close to a star, a legitimate all-star type, doesn't come available that Daryl likes. Will they go for two role players or will they try to wait until the summer? Like I've said this uh, time and time again that I don't. I think people focus a little too much on having cap space in the summer. I think that is a combination of a threat. Like, hey, if you don't trade us, OG will just sign him. Like, it's a good to have that in your back pocket. I think it's a backup plan, but I think Daryl Morey's priority is going to be to get someone at the trade deadline. Well, I think that's true when you're talking about, like, the stars, but is that true when you're talking about two B or C level players, or would he like that, you know, door number three option in the summer? I think his priority is to get one at the deadline, but how much of a, you know, how much upside is he going to leave on the table to get that certainty locked in? Tobias Harris, baby. Question. I want to leave locked you guys in. with this question to locked chew on. In. We're not going to touch on this on this pod. If Siakam is the most available guy at the deadline, does Daryl and does Nick, Nick ultimately yeah. say, fuck it, this is our opportunity? It's a talent bet. We don't even care necessarily if we're signing them long term. We got to go get, take the swing on the big fish. If you I'm, I'm pretty fascinated by it, that. It is fascinating. If you would have told me over the summer that you could get Siakam for Harden straight up, I would have said, sure, do it. But if you're telling me now, now that you have, because the problem with Harden is his interest league wide is so narrow that that was a high-end outcome. But now you've got the draft picks and the, either the salary matching or the salary cap space next summer where you have a lot more flexibility. It feels like you can be a little more picky, but I wonder if we're going to be too picky to the point where you lose your best shot. Interesting. 
It's tough because that's a that's a bad fit. I'm just having a down year. I probably right now barge into that office and say, "Don't do it." <laughs> today, today I would. Today we'll I see would. where we're at. Could by change late by, January. By late January, going into February. Make sure you guys and gals, Sixer fans out there, go check out allphly.com. Read Kyle's recap of the game. Get the good, the bad, the ugly, all in there of this one because everything wasn't always pretty throughout the game. So there'll be a few in there. We talked about a few here tonight, but mostly good. So go check out again allphly.com. Got to want to say hello to a few folks. Got to give my shout outs we on were the rolling. way out. We didn't jump in there today. We Listen, apologize. We really have been rolling today, guys. Guys, as always, thank you for being here. Hello to my friends, Brian, Liam, Ronald, who Derek has been attacking in the chat. We still love you. <laughs> Two minute warning. Money Mar, Ash, J Bart, Furious, Kevin, Lag, Shahid, Gracie, Spiff. All, all kinds of people with us. Tonight. I'm sorry. There's just a lot. Some people. Austin Crow in there. Austin Crow was here. Sam Come Meyer on, man. was <laughs> here. I need to give him the attention. Uh, he gets it on this one. Robert was here. Mm. There's so, a lot of repeat active commenters, so I got to scroll pretty far. No, guys. After the same was walking there. behind you at the arena, no more Austin Crow. Oh, shows. yeah. That was. Jay of the Jungle. Shames. Love all you guys for being here. Guys, if you are still here with us right now. It would help us a great deal if you hit that subscribe button and the bell icon Bing. so you get notifications <laughs> each and every single time we go live. I would also feel very happy, as with these two gentlemen, we wouldn't have to take migraine pills if you hit the thumbs up on this video. Helps. It just gives me a nice little boost as we go to bed. Oh, and my guy Gavin. I forgot my guy Gavin. Yeah. Bagels. He, lo he lost his Madden game earlier. I'm very upset I for did. him. Go win another one after this game, Gavin. So, guys, on the way out, hit all those things. Be good to each other, and we will see you again tomorrow afternoon. Derek, Devon, and I at 2.30. See ya.